We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one. And by Allstate proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thursdays are for the Huddle Reloaded. Toby and Gabe coming up here in mere moments. But before we kick off the Huddle Reloaded, let's hear from a couple players from earlier this week. As we roll on on this Thursday, I'm Chris Plank. It's the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks for joining us at Soonersports.com slash podcast. Had a chance to catch up on Tuesday with Jane Hazelwood. All right, guys, we're hanging out with Jane Hazelwood. Man, Jane, first of all, congratulations on the win Saturday. You spent that whole game down uh, in, in the south end zone area, it seemed like. That's where you were sitting on the bench. How about those fans? <laughs> yeah, man, uh, it, was, it was crazy. I'm glad that they all got involved. I mean, it, it, it was definitely, like, louder than a regular home game. And uh, just hearing the fans, being at a neutral site here and our fans get louder than Texas fans, you know, it was it was a great feeling. 
What led to this team's stick to itiveness, if you will? How did how did you guys not give up? What what kept you guys together? Well, I mean, I think everybody, well, some older players as myself. Um, I mean, I felt like we've been through worse. I mean, we we was down what twenty eight to three Baylor my freshman year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And um, that was always in the back of my head the whole game, like especially after those two plays because, I mean, Baylor got off pretty hot on us as well. So um, halftime, Texas, like, you know, we, we we go to the same area, go up the, to the locker room and stuff, and they, they walked up. They walked up the whole ramp like they were, like they, they won it all already. Like they just walked, like no enthusiasm and telling the guys like, bro, they think it's over. Like, the first quarter felt like it was two quarters, you know what I mean? Like, we, it, was, it was the most we ever had the ball as an offense as well, like just in the first half, because everybody tried to keep it away from us. And uh, I feel like Texas thought it was over, and we, and we kind of, we didn't, we never doubted at all that we were going to win this game. And Lincoln even said it. There wasn't like a Newt Rockney speech at halftime, there wasn't a rah rah. Jaden, you guys just felt it. What was it like in that locker room? Yeah, it, it was all positive. Um, like I said before, like we, some of us, I, amongst ourselves, like we, in our position groups, we, we always talk and, and we all told each other, like, bro, we got this, like, we got this, we can, we can shake back from this. How, how do you balance knowing that you're open and you can make a play, but then in the same vein, not getting frustrated through that? I, I saw it a couple of times. You're open a lot, Jane, but how do you balance that? And, and I guess what? It's you being a team player is a lot of that too, right? Right. Um, obviously, I like to win. Um, that it is it's, that makes everything better winning. Um, whether I contribute as much as I want, I mean, I left a couple opportunities on the field, obviously. Um, but I, I'm gonna always play every play to the fullest, whether I have to block or even set something up for somebody else to make a play. I'll let you go on this. One thing that stood out on Saturday is something that Dennis Simmons and Kel Gundy talk about a lot, downfield blocking. How serious do you take that? How hard do you work in practice? How rewarding is it to spring Kennedy or Eric Gray with a big block? Yeah, uh, like I said, man, I just I like to win, so that, that's a part of winning. I mean, we all got to play together, and uh, that's, that's being physical and playing together is a part of, especially this game in particular, because it, it's, it's a rivalry. It's one of the most historical games in the world. So uh, not even just that, like playing together, we all look good doing it. <laughs> like we, it makes everybody look in sync and like we're really brothers, you know what I mean? It's a great way to leave it. Jane, congratulations on the win, man. Good luck Saturday night. Thank you. And a big game flying around for 24, Sooner linebacker Brian Asamoa. Brian Asamoa joins us, one of my favorites. First of all, take me through how it felt on Saturday on the field, flag plant, golden cowboy hat. Had to feel pretty good. Honestly, the, the energy was amazing. Um, you, you can really feel, you know, our, our portion of the stadium, like, just rise up. You can feel the energy in the stadium. You can feel the emotion, the blood, sweat, and tears, and all the things that we've, we, we've planned and, and, you know, ha- had, um, you know, had the opportunity to do out there was go out there and, and go win a, a W from a, a large margin. Um, you know, coming in at halftime, we, we already knew what the game was. Um, we already knew what we had to do to, to finish the game. And, and, you know, that's something we harp on, you know, not just, you know, in, in practice, but also in the game when we come back in that fourth quarter. So, um, like I said, the, the energy, the emotion, the, the passion, the grit that, you know, our entire team had to come out there and just finish, man. And then, you know, 
obviously you can just see the raw emotion, you know, with the hat and, and you know, just everybody's smiles on their face and stuff like that. It was amazing. I mean, you come to Oklahoma for games like that. You come to Oklahoma to to for for an opportunity to to just you know be in op, like be in that position and, and you know. At the end of the day, we, we got that golden hat, and that's the, that was the biggest thing. That was one of my notes. Finish. So, <laughs> saw it on your Twitter feed. All decisions involving this program are made to win. It's, take, it's a clear objective. Clear objective, right? Take me through what keyed then the defense's ability to finish, because there were several opportunities early to where you could have pointed fingers, got mm-hmm. your head down. You never did. I, I think the big thing for us, um, I think the switch was, was definitely a halftime. Like I said, I mean, us – in, in, in this entire program, we, we know the fourth quarter is something that we, we, we've we've made a, a very high thing on the team, man. And, and like I said, that second half was when we, we um, you know, took the next step, I, I believe, man. And, and, you know, the ability to come out there on that, I think can't remember what, what series he was. I think it was the first series or second series on the defense. No, we got a first series out. And then I fight that. That was the turning point of the entire game, man. And, you know, you, you've seen the results of the entire – Entire ball game, and we, we did our job, man. We 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 continue to do our job, and that was the that was the main the main thing, man. Just do your job in the best of your ability. Brian, one of the coolest areas where I've watched you grow is as a leader. Mm-hmm. H- how do you build guys up with the energy you have without like beating them down? I mean, it's got to be kind of a challenge sometimes because you know you want to say this has got to get better, you got to prove yeah. here, but you want to bring everyone up too. The the big thing as a leader, man, in, in moments like that when you know certain things don't go your way, is is kind of just harping the har- and harping. You know the message about it's okay. Don't don't get too hard on yourself because this is football, man. We play defense, so any one thing any one thing can be a touchdown. So that's you have, you have to have quick, quick um, you know, just memory loss about what happened in that situation. Just go out there and just do your job again because you're gonna get given the opportunity to go out there and do the, do the job again. And um, you know, like I said, Coach Grinch has ex- Coach Grinch has explained this several times, man. That don't don't beat on a dead horse, man. But just do your job, man. Continue to do your job, man. And, and, and you know, results are going to happen. But once you do your job and, and you go out there and, and, and try to finish, man, and have the ability to finish, man, you know, things certain, you know, go your way. Defensive line really seemed to step up on Saturday. Moving mm-hmm. Isaiah inside a few times. Saw your guy Danny Stutzman out there, bit Ethan Downs. There's a, there's a lot of possibilities with this defense to mix and match, isn't there? And that's that. That's the that's the thing with our defense, man. A lot of guys are just we. Like I said, knowing the scheme was like a thing that we we've done to to and try to understand two years ago, man. Um, you know the entire the entire defense knows every position. You know from let's say D line, they know the interior and they also know the the edge guys. And then inside backer, each guy is interchangeable, knows how to play Mike and Will. And then safeties. And corners, each person can really, you know, flip out and play. Like I said, interchangeable. So that's just something that we've done and we've grown and mature at of just understanding the entire defense. So whatever opportunity you get in wherever place you're placed, um, you got to go out there and make a play. Let's go on this, man. How big can this be for this team? I mean, you're five and zero coming into the game, but to win a game like that in a rivalry, mm-hmm. you don't want to get over your skis or anything or too hype, but how big can this be for this team not going forward? Honestly, man, we've, we've forgotten about that, that, that W already, man. It, it's on to TCU, um, and this is going to show how, how our team can handle things um, going forward. Um, but, you know, as far as how, how you know, we, we will move forward, um, it's definitely a good, a good win for this program. 
but we don't come, you know, to Oklahoma just to win a, a Big 12 championship or the Cotton Bowl. We came here to win a national championship, and that's the that's the standard here, man, is to win, you know, that number eight. So, um, you know, kudos to what we did out there on Saturday, but we've got another clear objective, and, you know, the, the next team that stepped in front of us is TCU, so we got to go out there and, and display um, four full quarters of uh, dominant football. Let's go. Thanks, Brian. Good luck this Saturday, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. 6.30 kick, 4.30 pregame show on the Sooner Radio Network for Oklahoma and TCU. So let's take one final look back at the Red River rivalry, and let's look ahead to what to expect on Saturday night with the TCU Horned Frogs coming to town. It's the Huddle Reloaded with Toby Rowland and Gabe Iker. This is the Huddle, and please help me welcome Warfel Trophy Award winner and our fantastic sideline analyst on the Sooner Radio Network. He's Gabe Eichert, everybody. What's up, man? Was that any fun? I I don't think I've ever had that much fun at a football game. <laughs> and I hurt. played in a lot of games. I was just there on the sideline. You, uh-huh. know, you know, we're just doing the radio call. That game had everything. 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 <laughs> I mean, it was... And, and Recap the, it for us. What did the, that game have? The the emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. for OU's players for the fan base. I mean, down twenty eight to seven, it wasn't looking good. Uh-uh. It wasn't looking good, and for them to put the performance that they put together in that second half and come roaring back, you had the quarterback change, which I'm sure we'll get to, maybe. But just, I, I mean, you talk about battling through adversity not given up and that included the fans as well not just the players not just the coaches the fans believed that was awesome i don't know what else to say there was a fox that came out of nowhere ran on the field a live fox ran across the field it had everything it it was it was a cacophony of experiences look at look at the diction on you i just pulled that word right out it was an unbelievable afternoon and Every so often you say to yourself, oh, I forgot, and this happened. Oh, and there was an 85-yard punt, and there was the Kennedy Brooks play, and there was a fox that ran across the field. You know, I mean, just there's so many different things. It's phenomenal. The Caleb Kelly strip. Caleb Kelly play. Maybe the most important play in the game, but when you're talking about the fantastic plays in that football game, I don't even know where to rank it. Yeah. There were... There were almost too many great plays. Let's take a look at some of the highlights from Saturday's 55-48 win in the 117th edition of OU Texas. Oh, boy. This is how it started right here, Gabe. First play of the game, Xavier Worthy, 75 yards. Yeah, obviously uh, a tackle you got to make and, you know, insult to injury. DTY re-aggravates the hammy on that play, and you lose him for the rest of the game. Then you get a punt blocked, and they score, and you're down 14 to nothing. But then you put together a nice drive. You kind of settle things, and oh, man. That right there is when you thought it, it, it's not going to happen tonight. But fourth and one, first play, second quarter, Caleb Williams, first play ever in OU Texas, 66 yards. Did not know he was that fast. He can go. He had some pretty fast guys given pursuit. We jump ahead third quarter, 41-23. How big of a day was it for this guy right here? Massive. I mean, he just, and to get the knee down before the ball gets stripped, 
that's that also that's something running backs practice, right? That that's not a coincidence. So <laughs> it was a huge day for Kennedy. But yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams' performance kind of overshadows a career day for Kennedy Brooks. This one falling backwards, he heaves it up. Mims makes the catch. Sooners are within eight. Defense comes alive. They're playing on the south end of the Cotton Bowl. The crowd is suffocating. They get the ball back. And how about this? One of the great catches in OU history right here, Marvin Mims. He got a foot in somehow, and the pylon cam has never been more valuable than it was on this play. Look at that what, dance. What's, what's better, the catch or the dance? <laughs> I go with the dance. It's two-point conversion. Spencer Rattler's back in the game. He completes it to Drake Stoops. We're not at 41. Here's the play you're talking about. Caleb Kelly and Xavier Worthy might be the only two guys in the stadium that knew this happened. He reached in and stripped the ball away. We were trying to figure out why, why Oklahoma's kickoff cover team was so excited. We had no idea. And then he had the ball. We're like, okay, this is great. Kennedy Brooks behind the lead blocking of Drake Stoops gives OU the lead. Texas wouldn't go away. Boy, Casey Thompson was that's good, was That's a great he? ball, man. That's, that's, that's good coverage by McCutcheon. Just really nice throw, nice route by Xavier Worthy, and nice catch. And there that man goes again. That's your game winner. Three words, unstinking believable right there. Kennedy Brooks, 33 yards to the house, and Oklahoma wins a game we'll be talking about with our great-great-grandchildren. 55-48, look at those numbers. OU, 662 yards of offense, almost split in half between passing and rushing. Balance, right? And you, you do it after starting off a little slow offensively to put up those types of numbers uh, against the Texas defense that is struggling but does have talent that's a huge day offensively man this offense needed that right especially in that second half that looked familiar the explosive plays just how dynamic things were in the running game in the past game that's the best this offense has looked in quite some time Opening segment brought to you by Noble McIntyre, McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. Player of the game, who's yours? It's got to be Caleb Williams. I mean, it's got to be. He brings the spark, right, with the touchdown run on the fourth and one. But then for him to come in and play the way that he did on that stage as a true freshman, that's special. I don't know how else to say it. It's rare, it's special, and I think it, it, it tells you all you need to know about him as a player. And he, he did some good things, throwing the football. He really showed off the arm strength. I think that may have surprised some people. But what he brought to the run game, you see the athleticism here, and he brings that element to things. But also, there's a reason Oklahoma ran for so many yards in the second half. Those backside defenders, they got to stay home when he's back there at quarterback. It just freezes him momentarily, and that that can mean all the difference in the world in a five-yard run versus a 45-yard run, and things really opened up offensively with him on the field. He was sensational. He should catch the snap every time, though. Well, that does seem to be an issue right now, so we'll work on that going forward. Here's a look at it. Caleb Williams, by the numbers, 300 total yards, and he didn't play in the first quarter. Most by a Sooner freshman against Texas. 
He had the 66-yard touchdown. He averaged 22 yards a carry. He had four carries, 88 yards. I, I loved how aggressive he was with the football, right? Especially in one-on-one situations, right? We, we saw him extend plays with his legs, keep his eyes downfield. And then he gave his guys a chance, right? Those catches for Marvin Mims, that's just him saying, hey, Marvin, yeah. go make a play. And Marvin Mims rewarded him in a big way. So I was very, very impressed with what that young man did on Saturday. If you're going to ask a guy to make a play, Marvin Mims is a pretty good guy to ask to make a play. He delivered. I'm going to go with uh, KB for my player of the game. I'm going to go Kennedy Brooks. You know, Oklahoma's had a hard time running the football this year. It's been a bugaboo, but man, when they needed him the most, he was spectacular on Saturday. Finishing off runs. I feel like he broke 50 tackles in this game. He punished Texas tacklers when they came up, and he made big-time plays. This is on the opening drive when they really needed a drive. He's running through guys carrying cows with him. He had the big long run that ended up getting a knee down. And of course he had the two touchdowns at the very end to put him ahead once and then to win it. 25 carries, his first career 200 yard rushing game, two touchdowns. Kennedy Brooks was special. Yeah. And I, his, his contact balance is fantastic, right? He explain to people what you mean by that. Just as he is running the football, and he's not the fastest guy in the world, uh, I think that's well documented at this point in time, but man, he is hard to bring down. He has, he's improved his lower body strength. His balance and vision have always been really good, but you saw just Texas tacklers, right? Flying in at 100 miles an hour, just bouncing off of him like a pinball. He, his style's weird, I don't know how else to say it. Like, it's, it's very unconventional. Like, you compare what we saw from Kennedy to what we saw from Bijan Robinson, mm-hmm. and you can see what makes Bijan special. Kennedy, you, you can't quite put your finger on it, but he just racks up yards, and he's incredibly effective, and they, they blended some of those zone running schemes with some of the gap schemes that they've specialized in the last several years and that blend of things he he showed the patience but he also showed the decisiveness got downhill and like you mentioned man he finished some runs here's my comp for kennedy brooks tell me if you like this you're an nba fan paul george paul george isn't super athletic he doesn't jump really high he's not explosive at all and you look up at the end of the game and he scored 35 points on your head he just knows how to use his body and he's smooth kennedy brooks is not super anything He's just smooth, and he's really, he really knows how to run the football. I'll, I mean, you buying I, it? I, I'll take it. Now, if is he going to end up being like we're not an all pro type the guy? At, no, we're not the pros. <laughs> no. uh, I mean, yeah, that's hopefully. I mean, you just compared him to a pretty, pretty good basketball player. Stylistically, though, I'm I just, know what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, it's time for our drive of the game, presented by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past. Get Pike Pass. There's so many to choose from, but we're going to jump right to the end. Texas just tied up the game with about a minute 20 to go. A little bit of a dangerous first pass to start that drive to Hazelwood. Comes back with one that's short. Got to pick up the first down here. They get another big run from Kennedy Brooks. Meanwhile, we're keeping an eye on the clock. It's churning away. Lincoln's got two timeouts left. Another first down pickup there to Marvin Mims. Now, Gabe, you're keeping an eye on field goal range. 
feel like you need to get to about the 35 to give Burkich a chance. Stogner does that. Now they're in field goal range with 10 seconds to go. Time to get just a few more yards for Burkich. Or, or take it to the house. Or it's, you know, that was the well third time they'd run that concept in the game. They'd had a lot of success running it. So Lincoln probably viewed that situation. Hey, this is a play that we've, we've really had success with. Also, you see Texas's defense coming from the field. They're thinking, hey, they're going to try to center this ball up to get Burkitt into the middle that. of the field. That's a good point, yeah. You run it to the boundary, they're bringing pressure from the field. See ya. I would love to know. That's a great point, Mike. I'm going to ask Lincoln next hour if that was a part of the thought process or not. So, I don't that's, know if it was or not. It's fascinating. But it makes it, sense. It worked really well. Yeah, it, it worked perfectly, actually. All right, we're going to take an opening timeout. Hey, men's and women's basketball mini plans and single game tickets are on sale now. Don't miss any of the action and secure your seats today by calling 405-324-2424 or by visiting Soonersports.com slash tickets. We'll be right back here at Rudy's. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health and Anheuser-Busch. And our community partners, Fowler Auto Group, OU Health, OG&E, and Coca-Cola. Welcome back, everybody. Toby and Gabe back with you. Um, all right, let's talk about this game and let's break it down in halves. Usually we break it down offense and defense, but I think it was your idea and it's appropriate. This is a game of two completely different halves. If you look at this graphic, first half, points scored, points allowed for OU. They're down 18 at the break. They had given up 345 yards in the first half. Second half, completely opposite. Outscored Texas 35 to 10. OU, 370 yards, almost 200 more than Texas. Let's start with the first half. What went so wrong early? Well, other than everything. They started about as badly as you can start a football game, right? You give up a touchdown on the first play of the game. Then you go three and out. Then you get the punt blocked, and two plays later, they score another touchdown. You blink your eyes, and you're down 14 to nothing. Yeah, not two minutes gone yet. It was, and that, that situation, it wears on you as a player because then you feel like, hey, we're playing catch-up the rest of the game. But one thing that stood out to me, because uh, I was down there on the sideline, is there was, there was not a sense of panic with that football team, not from the coaches, not from the players. They knew that if they started playing good football, that they had a chance to come back in the game. And that was, that was the, the message in the locker room at halftime. And that was a conversation I, I had with Kennedy Brooks walking to the tunnel at halftime was, hey, keep these guys positive. You can win this football game. They're not going to score 38 again. The defense is going to get it figured out. You guys are going to have to go put some points on the board offensively. But keep those guys up. And credit to those players and that coaching staff. They believed. Credit to the fans. Yeah. OU's fans, that, that's how they believed. And, and, and they never gave up. And you look at, and, and I know the defense, not a great performance, right? Gave up a lot of yards, gave up a lot of points. But when they absolutely had to have it, when they had to make a comeback in that third quarter, you look at the possessions for Texas, their first five possessions of the second half offensively. 
Punt, field goal, punt, punt, turnover on downs. When they absolutely had to have it, Alex Grinch's defense stepped up after playing some bad ball in the first half. That's football, man. That's bouncing back. That's getting off the mat and playing. And uh, that is the best example of battling through adversity on the biggest stage when it hasn't gone well. How'd they do it? Did they change anything defensively in the second half? Did Texas I, play into their hands? They just tackled better, in my opinion. And uh, we, we didn't see Bijan get a ton of space to operate, right? You see multiple bodies. I did think that Steve Sarkeesian, he, he got away from some of the things that were working for him. He, he didn't go as much 12 personnel, meaning two tight ends on the field, that OU was really having trouble with in the first half, but they, they limited Bijan in that second half. And one thing, they hit Casey Thompson. Yeah. And it wasn't just the sacks. You look at the game, what, three sacks? That, that's not going to wow anyone. But it felt like he was under pressure constantly in the third and fourth quarter. And, and that affects everything. That affects everything. Penetration in the run game right there from Perrion. Like, it was just, it was much better defensively. You, know, you see Bijan there. He's having to break tackles in the backfield. He, he can't do all the jump cutting and all of that stuff when a guy's right in his face, right when he gets the handoff. So it was just, it was much better. It was much more physical. Gosh, that had to hurt. Jeez. It does feel like, it doesn't feel like it's a fact under Alex Grinch, Oklahoma's been really good at getting pressure on Texas. I had the nine sacks two years ago, six sacks last year. Only three. I think there were four. I think somebody miscalculated. But there's three in this game. Constant pressure. Grinch seems to understand how to get pressure on Texas. Let's go back to the first half, though. First quarter, fourth and one from his own 34, Lincoln decides to go for it. Now, that play didn't actually happen until the first play of the second quarter. That is a gutsy call. And you and I had a nice little debate about it on the broadcast. Well, no, I don't. We weren't on the you, air. You said, said you they should go. go for it. You gotta. You asked Teddy coming out of the break, or I asked Teddy, "Do you agree with Gabe?" And he said, "Well, you gotta get it. I don't know if you gotta go for it, but you gotta get well, it if it, you're gonna I, go for obviously it. Obviously, if you're gonna go for it, you gotta get it. You, you can't not no, get it, or you're I, down thirty-five-seven, maybe." I loved, I loved the message that sent to the team. Right? You're looking. It's 28-7. to 7. Everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. Yep. Right? You need a spark. And getting a first down even there, that, that's huge. It signaled to the team that Lincoln Riley believed in them. And I know that, that's, that, that may sound like a stretch, but that's what it is. It's, hey, guys, we got to get one yard. Let's go get it. And that's what they did. And that was a huge play. Biggest play game. of the game, perhaps. Or look at one the of the top frog. 20 anyway. <laughs> that doesn't look like a that's, bullfrog. That's a great example. That that normally would be like a top five play in a game. Yeah, you just 17. see a, a, a fullback go airborne <laughs> over a human being and land on top of another guy's head. It's like, oh, yeah, that no, that's, that's pretty par for the course in this one. Second quarter, uh, this is not what we're seeing here, but I want to ask you about the decision to go to Caleb Williams. It was almost identical to a year ago when Lincoln benched Spencer Rattler to Tanner Mordecai after an interception that looked very similar, after a fumble that looked very similar. At the time, did you think it was the right call? I did. I did. And I, I know that, that that was really tough for Spencer Rattler. There, there's no doubt about it. But he's on the field. 
because he's the more reliable guy. He's the veteran guy. He's out there because he knows the system better. He can process things a little quicker because he knows the system better. He's seen more defenses. He's out there because he's made better decisions with the football in spring ball, training camp, on the practice field. Like, that's why he's out there. He's the veteran guy. If, if he's going to make those type of mistakes, right, those type of mental errors, which that, that's what those were. That's what the interception was. That's what the fumble was. You, you have to value the football. Then you, you got to put the more talented guy on the field. And Caleb Williams, you, you can see the athleticism he's got, but you can also see the arm strength. So if, if the veteran guy is going to make mistakes, you got to go with the more talented guy. And you're, you're looking for a spark, and maybe you're just sitting Spencer to, to give him a breath. But I, And I do think Lincoln had every intention of bringing Rattler back in the game at some point. Yeah, I wanted but, to ask you about that. So I remember we talked about it, or I at least brought it up on the radio. It seems silly in hindsight, but they bring in Caleb Williams when they're down 18. His first three possessions, they go field goal, punt, field goal. We're deep into the third quarter now, and they're still down 18. They weren't making up any ground there for a while. And we, I kind of brought it up on the radio are they going to stick with him, or are we going back to Rattler here like they did last year? Because he was doing okay, but he wasn't really killing it. The fact that he stuck with him was, was the difference in the game, I guess. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what would have happened the other way, but it worked out this way. Right, and I, that's, that's going to be a great question for you to ask Lincoln here in a few minutes. Did it cross his mind? Yeah, I, I just think that no one knows these quarterbacks, right, like Lincoln Riley, right? No one knows their makeup. And maybe Lincoln just thought that Spencer was too rattled. Maybe he he liked what he was seeing from Caleb and knew that if he made some adjustments at halftime that they would explode offensively in the second half the way that they did. Those are those are all questions you'll have to ask the head ball coach. But man, Caleb Williams, that that is Look one that talented throw. player. That, see that one foot. I Spencer Rattler's a good player. There's no doubt. Spencer Rattler can't do that. There's, there's not many people on the planet yeah. that can do that. So that's why, oh boy. catch the snap. Oh, boy. But that's why, that's why Caleb Williams was out there. When like, did you believe? What when did po- I believe? What, what is the point in this game when you said, oh, they might, they might pull this off? When, the, when they kicked off. What well, do you mean? Okay, no, I know that. But I mean... When it's 28-7, to seven, it's looking bleak. At what was the moment in the game where you said, they might come back and win this thing? Oh, that's a great question. I think the first Kennedy Brooks direct snap touchdown. Now, there were a lot of them. But yeah. it was – I guess there were only two. But yeah. the first one, well, that's that one where it was like – so. That was when, when they started coming back, especially late in that third quarter – and I think I may have said it on the broadcast. I was like, is OU going to win this game by two or three scores? Like, that's how it felt, that momentum shift. And it was the coaches. It was the team. That sideline had an unbelievable amount of it energy. It was the crowd, the man. The crowd. That end of the Cotton Bowl in the fourth quarter was absolutely suffocating. And I'm not going to steal Teddy's thing because I know he's going to say it when he, when he joins you here in a little bit. The crowd for Oklahoma, those fans, had as big of an impact – 
on a football team as I've ever seen. Ever. The crowd deserves some Give dang yourself credit. a round of applause, guys. I mean, what? It was remarkable. It really was. And I, I know we need to get to a break. Did you think this was going to come down to a field goal? Yes. So did I. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was Gabe Burkich's time to answer Dicker the kicker. I thought that's what we were headed for. I will say this. Pete Kwiatkowski is, one of, is going to want to puke every time he watches this play. Look at the lack of effort from 28. Oh, really? Four? Uh, you're not even going to try to tackle? Okay. I, I mean, that's just B.J. Foster. Look at Drake Stoops just getting out there and being a nuisance. Jaden Hazelwood, great block downfield. Everything worked perfect. Execution right. to its finest. We got to get to a break. Uh, Sooners win the Red River showdown. We'll see what else happened in the Big 12, and we'll take a peek ahead to the Frogs when we come back. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. It's time for the Big 12 Report, presented by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Go to KincaidCoach.com for more information. Only three games of the Big 12 Saturday. Baylor walloped West Virginia. Mountaineers have gone into a bit of a nosedive after leaving Norman. And TCU goes out to the high plains and puts 52 on Texas Tech. We get the Frogs now Saturday night primetime in Norman. We'll talk about them in a second. Let's take a look at some highlights first. We'll start in Waco. Mountaineers visiting the Bears. Baylor had a hard time getting offense in Stillwater the previous week, but no problem scoring points to get to the Mountaineers. Yeah. West Virginia's whole thing defensively is to not give up the big play in the pass game. They just decided they weren't going to cover anyone in this game. Just a very disappointing performance for West Virginia defensively and man, I'm telling you, Gary Bohannon. Yeah, good player. He is operating Jeff Grimes offensive system exactly the way they want him to. Right. He, he's not the most accurate quarterback, but he brings athleticism to the position and he can rip it on the deep ball. It's especially easier when they have that much situ- separation. Big Good time arm. He just flicks it, and it goes forever. Bohannon, 336 passing yards and four touchdowns in this game. So the Bears win. Meanwhile, in Lubbock, Texas, TCU, Texas Tech, and talk about running all over a team. That's exactly what the Frogs did. This is 
Max Duggan, he only threw it 10 times all night. There's one of them. The rest of it was all on the ground. Frogs run for 394, Gabe. So you see Kendra Miller running for that touchdown right there. He had two more of those. He had three touchdown runs where he was not touched in this game. 33 yards, 75 yards, and 45 yards. Texas Tech is impossible to figure out. Yeah. I but like those uniforms. That, uh, yeah. What did you think of the gray pants? Uh, for them, I think, it's a, I think it's kind of a cool look. Um, we'll talk more about TCU coming up, but a big day for both Kendra Miller and Zach Evans. They had 47 rushes, only 10 passes in the game. Here's the schedule this week in the Big 12. Big game at 11 a.m. in Austin. OSU goes down to take on the Longhorns. We'll pick that game coming up in a bit. Tech at Kansas. BYU and Baylor. Interesting future Big 12 showdown there. I like Baylor in that game. Uh, I know that Jeff Grimes used to be the offense coordinator at BYU, but Baylor, they, they got some talent at the skill positions. Terrell Bernard back at the linebacker position. Jalen Petrie, that defense is, uh, they're not playing great, but they're solid. Gary Bohannon, he, he still hasn't thrown an interception this year. 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. Fascinating theological showdown there between the Baptists and the Mormons and that one. <laughs> We'll talk Farmageddon coming up, and you like that, in a little bit as well. We need a break. We're going to preview the frogs when we come back. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Stay with us. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by... The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access radio pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every day. Log on to Soonersports.com slash podcast or search Sooner Sports Podcast in your favorite podcast provider. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate and Riverwind Casino. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Back. Stoops in motion. Direct snap to Brooks. Brooks over the left side. 15. He's to the 10. He's got a lead blocker. He's going to score. Kennedy Brooks. 18 yards. Oklahoma leads. Oklahoma leads in the cut bowl. That's the time. That's when you started to believe when they took the lead. When you asked me, when you asked me earlier, and sometimes I'm too sarcastic. You asked me when I believed earlier. I said the first Kennedy Brooks direct snap touchdown, which is when they took the lead for the first time in the game. You can you can be a little pessimistic at times. Well, realistic is how I view it. Realistic, yes. Really, a couple the Mims catches. Yeah. Was really when, uh, I mean, the crowd got going, the sideline was going insane, and it felt like all the momentum was on OU's side. So if you want to know when I believe. Now, I believe the whole time. I want to sure. make that clear. Absolutely, you did, yeah. The Mims catches. First of all, I just I just love Marvin Mims. That kid is an absolute delight. Yeah, he's but fun to talk to. It was, God, what a game, man. 
The one pass is your one ticket to 80-plus Sooner athletic events and access to exclusive experiences. Go to Soonersports.com slash one pass for more information on how to experience the best in collegiate athletics. It's time to go behind enemy lines now, brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Still the one. TCU, here's your scouting report on the Frogs coming in. Gary Patterson, I believe the second longest tenured coach in college football behind uh, Kirk Ferentz at Iowa in his 21st season now. They're putting up 446 yards a game, but they're giving up a ton as well. Let's talk offense first. Max Duggan and that running game. What do you think about him? Very athletic player, right? Tough player. Uh, I think that's well documented uh, now. He has improved as a passer, especially in the vertical passing game. He has let it fly this season. No one in the Big 12 is completing a higher percentage of passes over 20 yards than Max Duggan. And he can run. So he is, he's a tough guy. He's the leader of that football team. He's going to be a challenge for OU's defense because QB run game, mobile quarterbacks are very difficult to defend. They're still not great along the offensive line, but they got one tough dude playing QB for them. They, we use the phrase stable of running backs a lot. TCU literally has that. They have Zach Evans, who's a hoss. Kendra Miller can go. Amari DiMarcado's a really nice running back. DeMarque Foster is a very good player as well. They just come at you in waves with that running game. Right, and although Kendra Miller just had a massive game, Zach Evans, that guy right there, that's who you got to stop. He is talented. He was a five-star recruit for a reason. And he has elite speed, elusiveness, finishes runs. He even throws blocks. What? Now, in my opinion, they should give him the ball more. I know Gary Patterson says that you know they're they're not going to give their guys the ball as much 7. as 7.9 yards to carry. He, I, I'm telling you, Toby, he is a strong, talented player. They have to stop Zach Evans. The Sooners have to contain him just the way they contained Bijan Robinson. Now Bijan ripped off a couple long ones, right? Made him look silly every once in a while. Zach Evans, he's also that type of player. He's that good. Gary Patterson said today, quarterback Max Duggan, running back Zach Evans, and receiver Quentin Johnston all questionable for this game. I don't know, you know whether to believe that or not, but I know you really like Quentin Johnston a lot, that big wide receiver, 6'4 guy. Yeah, and he, he missed the Tech game. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. And Zach Evans didn't play in the second half of that game. They said it's a foot injury. They didn't want him to play on that turf. Gary, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it, man. I think all th- those are his three best players offensively. Right. Of course they're all going to play against Oklahoma. That's how it always works with us, isn't it? Uh, I mean, are you saying coaches aren't always forthright with injury information? <gasps> what? <laughs> that's are, exactly what I'm saying. I better, expect. I, you better take a step back if that's the. Uh, I see what you did If there. that's what you're going to accuse I him of. I see what yeah. you did there. Yeah, he doesn't like when you poke fun at that song. I don't. I think it's a fantastic it song. It is a good song. And yeah. I, lo- I love Gary Patterson. He's a legend in college football. He's one of the best defensive minds in the history of the game. But. I think all three of those guys are going to play. Defense, O'Shawn Mathis, stud player, but they've struggled to stop teams this year. What's going on there? That's anti-Gary Patterson. I don't know 
how else to say it other than they've been bad defensively. Especially, you know, when you compare it to some of the things TCU defenses have done in the past. And I think it starts along the defensive line. They've, they've struggled getting to the quarterback. They have, they have struggled to disrupt quarterback's rhythm. And they, they, in the run game, they do a good job of, you know, fighting double teams and making it tough on offensive lines. But for whatever reason, their defensive linemen don't appear to get off blocks and be very interested in making plays. It's just very odd to see a Gary Patterson team struggle. They're, they're getting gashed in the run game. And then they're giving up huge chunk pass plays. I mean, huge chunk pass plays. Just very uncharacteristic. I mean, you're seeing the highlights here. I'm telling you, the lowlights, it's a, it's a much longer list than the highlights. They have been... They've been disappointing up to this point defensively, and you know that's got to bother Gary Patterson. Oklahoma moved the ball through the air on them? Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like that that's to be had. Do you think that's the game plan for Lincoln Riley? I think they, they've given up big running games. They've given up uh, big passing right. games. I mean, they, they've had all kinds of issues defensively. Now, you know they're well coached. They've had an abnormal amount of busted coverages in the secondary for a Gary Patterson coach team. It's been, it's been very odd, but you know, OU's going to get their best shot. That's how it always works. Yeah. They're not going to make the mistakes. They played them tough in Norman. They're, they're not going to bust the coverages. They busted against SMU. They're not, they're, they're going to play their best game of the season defensively. And OU's got to match it. Who's the starting quarterback for Oklahoma Saturday night. It's got to be Caleb Williams, right? I'm asking you. Well, my think in, you know, Lincoln Riley, he said it's going to be a competition this week. The way I see it, and I know that it's not, it's not all about the fans. Like, it's about the team. I understand that. But it does seem like Trot and Spencer out there first would create a bad situation for him. I just, I think that's the truth. So, Caleb Williams, he, he showed how talented he is and the type of playmaker he can be. I think he earned trotting out there first. I can't argue with that. We are on a roll with our pickums, by the way. We'll see if we can keep it going next. Final segment of the huddle right around the corner. That means Lincoln Riley coming up soon as well. Stay with us. We're at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on a Tuesday night. Direct snap, Brooks fakes the pitch, bounces it outside. He's to the 30. He's to the 20. Cup. It is with us tonight here at Rudy's. Our buddy Jim Hunt brings it for us every year. Other than the Golden, there's two trophies you get when you win this game. The Golden Hat and the Governor's Cup and the Governor's Cup hanging out with us here tonight at Rudy's. Hey, make sure you're there for the next Sooner Magic Moment by locking in your membership with the Sooner Club. Your 2022 membership renewal now available, including early renewal incentives and monthly payment plans. For more information, go to SoonerClub.com slash renew 2022 today. And you can watch our radio broadcast with your TV synced up by going to Sync My 
com. All right, final segment, over-unders and pick'ems. Let's see how we did last week on our over-unders. We went two and two. Curtis Lofton was with me last week, over-under two and a half sacks for Speed D. We went over. They had three. 130 yards for Bijan Robinson. We went under. He went 137. Three and a half receptions for Mike Woods. We went over. He only had two. Half a trick play. Uh, we went over, and of course, they had the double pass to the Bullfrog. That counts. So we're still 10 and 14 on the year. That's not great. We could pick it up on the over-unders. Here's our first over-under for OUTCU this week. Over-under, 0.5 rushing touchdowns for Eric Gray. Eric Gray has a receiving touchdown. He has not had a rushing touchdown yet this year. Will he get one Saturday? He had a couple of opportunities against Texas. He was one-on-one in space. Yeah. And he was close to ripping off some big, massive runs. He seems due, right? Okay. Or, or is, are we just riding the Kennedy Brooks train? Uh, no, it feels like Kennedy Brooks had a giant game. It's time for Eric Gray to kind of have some limelight. I'm with you. You're, you're wanting to say over. Why not? Let's, let's send some positivity to Eric Gray's to go way. Show. All right, we're going to go over. We're going to pick up the pace here. Over under .5 animals <laughs> running on the field Saturday night. Does does a horn frog count? No, but there'll be two horses at least, so they're going to take the over. That's a hammer. Lock. Yeah, there the we go. over, people. Hammer it over. <laughs> if there's not, something's gone terribly wrong. Oh my I'll tell gosh. You that. Sixty-six and a half receiving yards for Mims. He's gone one third. What did he do Saturday? It was way. Over. You're going over. Yeah, he's 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 got some momentum right now. We got the over. Feed Mims over under .5 interceptions for Speed D. They haven't had any in the last two games. Yeah, Max Duggan's due. Over? It's going to be one of those situations. He gets hit in the back as he's releasing it, falls right into some guy's hands. We'll take the over. Our pickums have been unbelievable. 5-0 and again last week. We're now 10-0 and the last two weeks in our uh, pick'em contest. Vegas isn't even doing that well. We had Iowa, Georgia, Ole Miss, Baylor, and TCU last week. You, the, you were also 5-0 and two weeks ago when you were with us. So that's 10 consecutive picks. Look at the 19-11 and 11 on the year. Here we go. First game this week, Kentucky undefeated at Georgia, number one. I, I like what Mark Stoops' football team is doing, but Georgia's really Georgia. good. Yeah, yeah, no. We'll take Ugga between the hedges. Purdue Sorry, at unbeaten Iowa. Purdue. Has won three out of the last four. <laughs> Thought you were picking Purdue. Against yeah. the Hawkeyes. Yeah. But it, it, it ain't happening. Come Hawkeyes on. are rolling. I always got a rolling, man. Uh, how great was the video of Bob Stoops, by the way, watching the OU game up in Iowa City last week? That was, was amazing. Uh, we're taking Iowa. I- Farmageddon. Iowa State and Kansas State. The game is in Manhattan. Both teams coming off a bye. Skylar Thompson, a little more time to rest. I think Iowa State's a better team, though. It's about that time of year when Iowa State starts to pick up steam, right? Right, and we're going we're gonna to find out what kind of team Iowa State is in this game. We're taking the Cyclones? I'm, went, uh, taking I'm with it. Yep. Oklahoma State and Texas, 11 a.m. Saturday morning, the Battle of the Oranges in Austin. This is the toughest one, right? Oklahoma State, fresh off the bye. Texas, emotional loss, ton of energy expended. OSU runs the ball, and Texas struggled to stop the run. Jalen Warren's a little bowling ball. Yeah. But it's Spencer Sanders. On the road. You got 30 seconds. This is, I'm leaving the pickup to you. What do you got? Oklahoma State. Taking the Cowboys. OSU uh, defense. BYU. Make me look good. BYU at Baylor, future Big 12 showdown in Waco. Baylor's a better football team, uh, more talented football team. 
Uh, I like Jaron Hall for BYU, but not enough. Give me the Bears. Gabe Eichert, everybody. Give him a round of applause. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.